Hey everybody, welcome to Thumbnail, a visual arts podcast. I'm Joe Roshert, illustrator, animator, and adjunct professor. And I'm Louis Rosignol, visual artist, and today we're going to just chat because we have so much going on between both of us, and I'm kind of curious as to some of the stuff that's going on with Joe. And then we might talk a little bit about education later because there's so much going on in the world that I feel that education world might change because of covid oh yeah for sure right and things are getting more and more online anyway and this is just going to help push things in that direction but let's just start with this so you just moved into a brand new studio yeah and you put a tour up on your instagram and tiktok so i've actually been to the studio so i've seen it in person yep and i think the pictures are good but they don't do it justice because it's such a cool space yeah i love it it's been so awesome i've only been actually working in it for I think this is my second week, so it hasn't even been that long. But man, has it made a difference being back out of my apartment into a separate studio space. And one that I could just spread out in, you know. Like To to give some frame of reference, it's probably about 2,000 square feet that I'm splitting with one other guy. He owns a souvenir shop around the corner, but he also does DJ and photography. Right. And so different skill set, and we have different tools that we're sharing too. So he has certain things that I know I'd want to try using, like a button press and to make pins, and heat transfer equipment to make heat transfer shirts and stuff like that. A bigger printer than what I have. Now we're sharing some resources to upgrade both of our studios. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's quite a bit bigger than where you were, obviously, and it's way more wide open. I think originally maybe it was a dance studio, but then there was a bar studio, which is kind of like yoga. Yeah, yeah, a yoga bar studio. So it's wide open. It feels like so open in there. It's all nice wood floors. Yeah, you could probably hear the echo, kind of echoey, that big. The space is incredible, and it's big enough where you have some other spots where you're going to try to rent them out to other artists. Yeah, we're going to see how that goes. As time goes on, we keep thinking, well, we might just be really picky because we really like the space, (laughs) so we might just bleed into it and make it more of a production area. We have tons of space, and it'd be nice to get other renters involved too because that'll decrease our costs of overhead. Right. And it's it's plenty big enough for sure because I had come in there, I was thinking about doing it, and I definitely wanted to, but it's hard to make that money commitment when you don't have to. Like if I was forced out of where I am, and it was like a necessity. There'd be no question. It right. would have been obvious because it's such a great spot. But I'm in a spot where I'm not being forced out and I have opportunities to get some other studio space when I'm working on larger pieces that I wouldn't have to pay for. Right. It's always an open door here too. Like if you needed space, I have space for you. So it's like, it's not, it's not like you're losing out. I also have someone coming in. We are having our kitchen cabinets replaced mm-hmm. and I'm talking to them because I want to see what they can do for my studio space because you see all these shows like Tiny House Nation where they make these really crazy cabinets that fold up and so I'm actually trying to put another desk into my studio that folds into the wall Ooh. but it's also got like a bookshelf behind it so I can store tools so that I can bring it down when I need it because I've got I'll show you but people that are listening won't see but I'm starting to work on these lino Prince. Oh, cool. For people who don't know what lino is, it's like a wood carving, right? Yeah. And so you're carving out a stamp, a big stamp. Yeah, basically, made a linoleum. And I have plenty of room to carve them myself. And I could just carve them and then clean up and then print them right here on this desk. But I'd like to have a different desk that I could print them out on so it folds out 
and all the tools are stored inside of it. Mm -hmm. And that way I can do that. These are just so time consuming. I'm used to drawing in two hours. I could rip out two drawings and this is like, I've been working on this for probably like six or seven hours and it's only maybe halfway done. Mm -hmm. So a different process altogether. I like it in some ways because once you lay the design out, it's kind of mindless, right? Yeah. You're just carving away the spaces that are going to be white. Yeah. So you can like put on a TV show or a podcast and really focus on that while mindlessly working. But it is like a lot more time consuming. Did you do any lino cuts when you were in school or have you done any in the last few years? I've done some a long time ago. Yeah, I think it might have been in school where I did some small ones. I love getting my hands dirty and into things like that. And I think that's fun and it breaks up the monotony of the other work that you do. And so that's always great. It always benefits your work too as a whole to just break out and do something completely different. Yeah. But I do think it's really time consuming too. And so I'm always hesitant to do it. And so the times that I feel like I did need a lino cut done, I just had it done. Like I went to stamps.com or something and had one made instead of doing it myself. But there's always a nice charm to it. All right. There's a nice charm to the handmade. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. And I thought it would be cool because I sell a lot of art prints, but to do a lino print, you can charge a lot more, obviously, because these guys are going crazy out there with the lawnmowers. Like now they're starting to scream at each other. <laughs> but you can sell them for more because you're hand printing them. It's not just coming off of a printer or machine. And they all come out a little bit differently because it's like a stamp, right? If you took a stamp and made 10 stamps with it, they're all going to come out a little different because the ink's going to maybe not show up in certain spots on some of them. Right. So every piece is one of a kind. Basically. And I'm planning on doing the prints. And then, you know, how almost every drawing, I kind of write things yeah. in the pieces. I'm actually going to do a series of 10 of these and then write on them so that everyone really is one of a kind because it'll have an original part to it That's too cool. on top of the print. That's cool. It's not only cool, but I think it's smart. And so the time you're putting into it and in investing into this piece, you could spread out across 10 pieces and then it's about the same per piece. Right. And it's different. They're super cool. People maybe have seen these and not even realized what they were. Yeah. When I first ran across Leonard Baskin's work, I didn't realize that they were prints. Mm. I guess I thought they were maybe like etchings or drawings, but they're all pretty much lino prints or woodcut prints. Yeah. The only thing... <laughs> so I got these tools i got a nice box of wooden carving tools yeah and i looked online for like all the different reviews of which tools are the best and so i got two sets of these nice wooden ones that are 45 bucks for the set so it was 90 bucks for all of these and then i ended up having this old speedball one that's like a 10 dollar one and it has <laughs> like a couple of pieces that you can put on and this thing works better than all the ones i spent 90 dollars on so i've been <laughs> basically just using this one that's a great product review. You should do one of those f for those tools. Yeah. I didn't say the brand name because I don't want to put them down, but you should always try out the cheap tool first to see if it works good for you. There's probably not much need to spend a lot of money. And I was foolish enough to think, well, if they're that much more money, they got to be like way better. Yeah. But they're not. They're actually <laughs> a little bit worse. <laughs> oh, well. The only thing that's convenient about them is they're all different. So... You don't have to keep changing like the head off, mm -hmm. you know, the carving part off. Because with this one, it's just one handle and a bunch of little heads that you change out or whatever you call them. Do you think it's because the other ones are meant for wood? They might be meant for wood, but the reviews say like, I use these on Lino, they're great. And I think a lot of those tools kind of are meant for both. You can use them on either, mm. but they have a hard time cutting through Lino. So I can't imagine that they'd be 
easy to use on wood yeah. if they're having a tough time go through lino. Right. I also found Speedball makes... Let me see if I can grab this. Hold on. It's not lino. It's almost rubbery, and it's way easier to cut through. Yeah. It's like twice as easy to cut through. I like that stuff. I think that's what I've used in the past is that pink rubbery stuff. Yeah. I don't think it's linoleum. I think it's almost like a rubber. Yeah, I think it. I think so. But I did a couple of small ones just to kind of practice before I started it on this big one. Yeah. Like you were saying, it's fun to do something new like that because... It puts you right outside of your comfort zone and you're learning new techniques mm-hmm. and you figure out pretty quick some of the ways you make marks with pen. You can't do that with carvings. It just doesn't work. Right. But it still has that grit and that messiness you're looking for. And So what inspired you to do that? Were you getting in a rut with other stuff? Yeah, I definitely felt like I was getting in a rut for sure, which is easy to do, right? When you do the same type of art for a long time, you can start feeling like... Oh, yeah, it's so easy to get in the rut. Yeah. And I think it's super smart to experiment with different things and different tools to try to break that. Yeah, I think with you, it's probably, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like you're fortunate because you do animation and you do illustration and you do like little cartoons and you do, so you actually do quite a bit of different types of work. A lot of it's digital, a lot of it's not digital. So you have a good array of different things you're doing, whereas I feel like my drawings are... I don't know. I feel like it's easier for me to get in a rut because they're not as diverse in that way. Right. Maybe the subject matter can be somewhat diverse, but at the same time, I'm using a lot of the same tools. And I try to experiment, but when you're using the same tools, even experimenting within those, it doesn't get you out of a rut as much as just totally switching up what you're using for a tool. I think that's why I do different things and I enjoy different things because of that exact reason. It's very easy for me to get in a rut and a creative block. And so by just having outlets that are seamlessly available to you, then you can just keep moving forward. Right. That's it. And not waste time. I think that it's been huge and I'm really excited. I think once I've done a few of these block prints and I start feeling more confident in them, I'm going to do a video where I video the whole process from making the design to transferring it to the linoleum, carving it out, and then actually printing it because maybe it could be like a tutorial type video on YouTube or just like a time lapse. I haven't figured it out yet, but I think it'd be cool to show the process, but I don't want to do it yet because I just kind of so new, even though I've done them before in school. So this is probably like my sixth or seventh one. Mm -hmm. It's been a while and I feel like I just need a little bit of a refresher before I feel confident to videotape one. Right. But it's super fun and new and it just feels, you know, that feeling when you just learn how to draw or when you're just learning something new that's really exciting, you know, whereas if you don't experiment and try new things with your art, you can lose that feeling. Yeah. Hang on to that. That's fun. Yeah. Actually, this is a pretty good transition because what I was just talking about the video and showing the process you know, that's a good way to, to learn things by watching other people's process in their videos. And so I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about education because I was just talking to my doctor on the phone and he was telling me he's got three kids. One's in college, one's in high school, and the other one's just going into high school, I think. But he said all three of their schedules are so different now with COVID. Yeah. And it's, it's like a mess, basically. And I feel like that's how it is for a lot of people. And I kind of wanted to talk about the future of education. Yeah. Do you think this will propel online learning forward quite a bit? 
I mean, I think it already probably has a little bit, but I think so. I think people are looking at alternatives to the norm and what are the different things that are available. I know I use and have used tons of different online courses because I just love learning. And so every year I'm trying these different courses or there's go-to YouTubers that I'll watch with what content they come out with, podcasts that I stay on top of too. And all these things have such a wealth of knowledge. Right. And is collectively as one, yeah, sure, there's not a written out curriculum per se, unless you took like an actual online class, but you're still absorbing in all the important bits. I know I respond well to that kind of style of teaching where you're just kind of hands-on, hearing the information you need to know, finding the answers you need, you have questions to, instead of just coasting along with a program and a curriculum. So I I am a big supporter of online learning. I am too, and I'm getting more and more. I got to say, when I was in school, I took a couple of online classes, and I didn't enjoy them because back then, they just hadn't figured it out yet. And so they weren't like they are now where you can do Zoom and you actually still have face-to-face time with the teacher. These were like, you didn't talk to anybody. It was all just instructions. Mm -hmm. And it felt not personal. You felt like you were paying a lot of money for not a lot of help. I guess. And who knows, like, I hope that the changes that they make stick in some ways. I know my doctor was talking about how he's doing, because I did my appointment over the phone, my doctor's appointment, and he said that the legislation has basically prevented them from doing a lot of medicine over the phone. But this COVID has forced their hand, and so they've passed legislation that's allowing it. And he said it's just so good because so many times they have to bring people into the office when they know what the problem is. They don't have to see them to know. And so it's such a waste of time. It's a waste of the person's money because maybe it's more expensive and resources. And so to see the changes is interesting for sure. Yeah. Do you have some online resources that you always tend to gravitate towards to learn different stuff? I mean, YouTube's always great, right? Because it's free and there's tons of videos. The problem is anybody can put up a video. So not every video there is probably great. Somebody could just learn how to draw themselves and be putting videos up that really aren't teaching things the right way. And so there's a lot of that, but there's also a lot of great material. And then Skillshare is a new one. I will plug. So I just did a class on Carla Sondheim's. She has a website and she teaches and she has other artists that teach. So she has her own platform and I'm going to plug it because I was a part of one of her classes, just one class out of the whole class. And I'm going to be doing my own full six lesson class. I'm going to record it in November and then it's going to be up in January, I think. Mm -hmm. And I really love what she's doing because to take a class that, say, is six lessons, it's about $40, maybe $60 for some of them. So you can learn a whole new skill for $40, which is super reasonable, especially if you compare it to like going to college, right? And I was really impressed with, I'm not going to talk about exact numbers, but she pays the teachers great. She pays the teachers basically more than you'd make for an entire semester at an art school. And all you're doing is a couple of days worth of work. And I feel like it probably has a lot to do with the fact that it's entirely free market. Because she's got no overhead, she's not running an entire school, she can pay the teachers a lot, charge a lot less for the classes, and pay the teachers a lot more. Right. Whereas schools are not fully free market because the government's involved in quite a bit of it. And with the scholarships and all the overhead, they have to charge so much more for the classes. And then they don't have as much money to pay the teachers. So there's great things about art school, but there's also a lot of negatives and the money is the absolute biggest negative. 
Right. Yeah. Right. What about you? What do you think for online resources that you've used? Oh, I got a big list. I have a list of like almost 10 different lists. Well, let's go through like them. 10 I want things. Yeah, I want to hear what they are because I want to see if I've tried them or if there's some other good suggestions that I don't know about. So some of them are free. Some of them are paid. But I've gone through so many YouTube different tutorials and stuff. I've been able to see which ones are actually quality. Okay. And being able to compare that to how I teach or what I've learned what actually sticks and what's good, what's bad. Anyways, my number one, like I started my animation career because of YouTube tutorials. And I found this one channel called Draw with Jazza. I think he recently changed it to just Jazza, J-A-Z-Z-A. And I learned how to animate on Flash, which is now called Adobe Animate, Right. in a two-week block of time to be able to do a project, an animation project that I agreed to before even knowing how to animate the project correctly. Yeah, sure, I took some animation courses in school. It was very surface-level stuff, and then so much time passed since I went back to animation. It was like five years before I actually got at this project where I needed to crash course. I needed to learn, and I needed to learn fast. And so his tutorials were phenomenal in learning flash animation and skills that I still use today. And I still encourage my students to learn that way too, to yep. to not just learn from me and from what I've learned through him and through what I've learned through my own practice, but go through his step-by-step. I found it super helpful and I always recommend that. Awesome. Second on my list is SVS Learn. We always talk about this on the podcast, I feel like. So I listen to their podcast, The Three Point Perspective, which is kind of similar to what we're doing, except they have a lot more experience. Yeah. The three of them have been illustrators for years, but I've never checked out the SVS Learn. So tell us a little bit about it because I don't know that much. It's fantastic. And all their different programs are really great, straightforward, different artists. So it's not just one person you're listening to all the time. Right. They invite other guests to do tutorials and courses and classes. And it's really a great resource on how to become a professional illustrator from ground zero. And they even have a step-by-step guide on what curriculum you should start with and what curriculum to follow to get to the point where you are a professional illustrator. So they really make it easy. And their podcast is incredible. And it's partly the inspiration why I even agreed to come on this with you and go on this journey with you. And so they're great. Their podcast is Three Point Perspective. Yeah. And SVS Learn is is just a great resource. And the three guys, it's uh, Lee White, Will Terry, and Jake Parker. Jake Parker, that's right. And Will Terry's also got a YouTube channel where he puts out a lot of videos. And the great thing about his videos is he's been an illustrator for years, but he is super open. He does videos like how much will you make as an illustrator, where he talks about the numbers and how much he's made in the past and Mm -hmm. how much the industry's changed. So his videos are not all just drawing tutorials and that type of thing. He talks about the business of illustration quite a bit too, which I find interesting. And he's pretty candid too about the numbers and and stuff like that actual real world questions and practical knowledge so that's that's awesome. yeah he doesn't make as many videos as he used to but all of his old videos are still up and they're still relevant and he's got quite a big collection of videos on his youtube channel for sure yeah and there's another website called domestica i believe it's called they have tons of different courses from different artists and i saw some promotion 
that goes on Instagram where some course was only going for like $3 and it's normally like $50 or something like that. And so like, I'm going to try this. It's a digital painting class. I'll, you know, learn someone else's strategies on digital painting and maybe pick up a few things and relearn some color theory stuff. It's very much a basics class, but because I am where I am professionally, I feel like I was able to absorb far more from the person teaching because it's just reinforcing what I've already learned and then adding to it. And it's high production, very well thought out, great course all around, learned a ton. And then with picture books, I was trying to find great resources for, I want to step into the children's publishing industry. Right. And I'd love to do more books and get involved with that. I took a course. I took an online course at Storyteller Academy. And it was a phenomenal resource on where to start, how to grow, how to make book dummies, strategies on how to find an agent, interviews with agents, interviews with publishers. It is paid, but it's Mm -hmm. very affordable. When I did it, I think it was only a couple hundred bucks for a giant course, access to forums and actual live critiques and stuff like that. So that was well worth, especially in comparison to, you know, a traditional school. Yeah. Aaron Blaze is a Disney animator, traditional animator, and he's an incredible artist, incredible animator. You've probably seen tons of his work and not even know it. Like Brother Bear being one of them. He's worked on a bunch of Disney stuff. And he's come out with a course, many different lessons of not just how to draw things but how to animate them yeah and i've been binging his content recently on the animation side because he uses this program called tv paint and i just purchased it because of seeing these videos and it's like five six hundred bucks for just the software for a student edition because i'm faculty but it's normally like a twelve hundred dollar program and so the difference between TV Paint, not to get totally sidetracked here, but so Animate, Adobe Animate is vector-based. So every line you make is smooth and it's like a math problem. It's all math-based line work. And so it's very smooth and clean. But you can't get like the grittiness of a pencil line. You know, they don't have brushes. No, not with vector. And so TV Paint is bitmap-based, which is pixel-based. So you can have brushes that act more like a pencil or act more like watercolor. And they blend like watercolor. It's so powerful, this program. And it's so intuitive for an artist to use and pick up that I just had to get it. Even if I only use it as a drawing program, the tools that it has, it's so much more real than Photoshop. And it's very comparable to Procreate as far as how the brushes work. And I'll have to check it out then. It's really cool. And it's much closer to traditional animation, flipping through pages. Aaron Blaze works in that program. I definitely want to check it out because I agree with you about Vector. It doesn't have any grittiness to it. I guess the reason people use Vector too is because it's not, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, it's not pixelated. You could blow it up as big as you wanted and it would still look good. Infinitely scalable. Right. But because of that, everything's too smooth. So it's very hard to get that nice gritty or real feel to it. Yeah. You lose a lot of the human quality. Yeah. It can easily become cold and lifeless. Mm -hmm. So that's a great resource. Check that out. Uh, another YouTube one, Steady Crafton. Steady Crafton is Steady Crafton. mainly for sculptural things like toys and making molds, mold making and making multiples of 3D things. So that guy has a very cool YouTube channel where he doesn't even show his face and his persona is this like sock puppet <laughs> and he's really <laughs> funny. 
<laughs> and he's really smart, and he has this cute little workshop where he explores all these models that he makes and making different molds of these things. And uh, this is how I learned most of what I know about mold making. So that's a great resource. That's awesome. I like that he's doing that too, because it's like you can add entertainment to an educational video. So you're learning things, but it's comical. It's makes fun, people want to learn. Goofy. Yeah. A soothing voice. Like Bob Ross. <laughs> Um, he's a he's more fun than Bob Ross. He's wittier. I was just meant the soothing voice. I always feel like Bob uh, Ross has that soothing. Put me to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I have three more. Proco. Proco is a great YouTube channel that I follow where it's traditional drawing, traditional realism, gesture drawing, figure drawing. But it's so important to develop your chops in that and to revisit. Yep doing gesture drawing and traditional drawing because it informs so much. It informs so much of the world you create and lighting and, and everything like that. So I always go back to these traditional tutorials. He also has a great podcast called The Draftsman. Oh, okay. I just subscribed to his YouTube profile. That's a good art podcast where, again, it focuses on the business of things, but also really focuses on realism and art history. And I think it's just an important additional resource to just have in your toolbox and then marco i'm gonna butcher his last name <laughs> bucucci or this is another youtube one b-u-c-c-i b-u-c-c-i yeah it's another youtube one does very traditional style digital painting not just digital painting but traditional painting too and working with light color value nice another great traditional resource because i think he also does more than that and i think he does some character design stuff and yeah it looks like it i'm just scrolling through his videos right now he's got all sorts of stuff graphic design videos and everything i think it's bucci bucci i think it's bucci too yeah because last names that are t-u-c-c-i i think are pronounced tucci so I just imagine if you replace the T with the B, then it's just Marco Bucci. I might be wrong. Yeah, so that's a great resource. And then the Illustration Institute is a local resource for us in the Portland area. Yeah. And it's great because they have workshops and they bring in other illustrators to do different talks and things like that. So Are they going to be doing online stuff now that they can't? Or are they just going to wait till COVID's over? Because they've been just doing in-person stuff as far as I know. thought they were going to do some online stuff, but I'm not sure. Well, I think those are all great resources. I just was looking at as you were talking. And so definitely check them out. And we'll see where things head as far as the future of education. But I think online is where it's heading for sure. And you know, the only thing I was thinking is it would be cool to have a resource. Maybe this is already out there, but I wish someone would put together a website with all sorts of different classes on it, but almost have it be organized in a way that they're in order of how you should take them. So it was more like an art school where you started with foundation stuff. Because sometimes you go to those websites where there's lots of different courses you can take and it can almost be overwhelming yeah. and you don't know where to start. You know what I mean? That's also why I do support going to art school because of that reason you get right. that foundation and if it wasn't for that foundation i wouldn't be able to absorb all this other education that i've been spewing off as right. easy because of that structure we're talking about it's not structured you're just getting a shotgun blast to the face of different education that you don't know how to piece together correctly right right but it's only a matter of time though before someone figures out a way to structure it online so that it's more digestible yeah and so i think svs learn did that with at they, least their, yeah. with their own videos and stuff. And then, let's see, Draw With Jazza did that with some of his videos. Nice. But it's all things that I feel like they have to, individual creators have to do themselves. Right. In order to organize their content. Yeah. I think it might be hard to put it all together. But that's kind of what a school will do. And I know that's how I kind of build my curriculum too, is where I have this curriculum, but then I'm 
piecing together all these different things that I've found right. in addition as supplemental resources. I think that's the benefit. When I think of a school, when you go to sign up for a class, it will say, these are the prerequisites. You have to take these courses first before you can take this class. And so online with videos, it would be good. Don't watch this video until you've seen these prerequisites. You know what I mean? Right. Until you feel confident in this program or right. is not a beginner course. This is for experienced blank. Yeah. More organization because the internet is just an absolute, well, it's chaos, right? Whereas a school program is definitely more structured. And so yeah, that's just one of the benefits. But anyway, this was a good conversation. We'll see where things head. But I think what we touched on was interesting. Yeah, I think it's great. Cool. Well, hopefully we can record next week. We're going to check the audio on this out because it's a little different with your new studio, but we'll figure things out, guys. If anybody has any questions, definitely send them, DM us or email us. Yep, on Instagram at Forthouse at Lewis Rosignol or uh, send us an email at thumbnailpodcast at gmail.com. Perfect. All right, thanks for joining us today. Take care.